Yo, this is the Coach and Cold Podcast. We in the South, we in the West, we in the North. It's an international conversation. It's logical and convincing. And the standards and rules only apply to those that get down in today's society. If you with it, let's get it. Welcome to this episode of the Coach and Cold Podcast. This episode is about Black History and Black History Month in America. On this episode, we're going to talk about how Black History Month and some of the contributions of African-Americans to the history of America has gone down. We will talk about change makers and inventors and just people who have moved the needle and pushed our our uh, people and our culture forward. Black History Month is in February in the United States. And since it seems to indicate or normalize that European history is to be celebrated or as American history all other times of year, the 28 days in, in February are the ones identified for black history, although we know that black history is American history. So in this episode, we're going to talk about all these perspectives and contributions and where we carve ourselves out in this uh, whole paradigm. Let's get into it. So the Urban Dictionary uh, did a really nice job of kind of going over some historic figures in the definition that I found. So it said, it's so important for people to learn about historic historical figures such as Frederick Douglass. He was an abolitionist and an activist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harriet Tubman of the Underground Ra- Railroad. She freed slaves and we'll go over all of their contributions. Malcolm X, civil rights activist. Louis Latimer, uh, inventor of the carbon uh, filament used in light bulbs. Benjamin Banneker, scientist, almanac author and farmer Mm -hmm. who built the first American clock and assisted in creating the city layout for Washington, D.C. Juan Garrido, first person in America to cultivate wheat. Wheat. Garrett Morgan, inventor of the traffic light and the gas mask. W.E.B. Du Bois, pan-Africanist, civil rights activist who co-founded the NAACP. Kenneth Dunkler, inventor of the 3D glasses. George Crumb, inventor of potato chips. And so many other monumental figures. Coincidentally, this month corresponds with many other events like the National Heart Month, the Super Bowl, the NBA All-Star Game, the Oscars, the Grammys, and Valentine's Day. So quite a month, February is. Um, But some people, Akil, complain because uh, they feel like Black History Month is the shortest month of the year because we have leap year, obviously, every four years, right? right? And they feel like, why is it that... When Black History Month was selected, it was selected in February. What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I think that there were probably a couple of reasons. Um, <laughs> one, I, I think that it was very, um, it, it was very uh, on pro- on purpose. I guess I'm trying to think of the word, but intentional, very intentional for it to be the shortest month of the year, um, because I think that those who uh, may have pushed it or allowed it. I shouldn't say pushed it because those who pushed it probably would have done six months of the year as opposed to one month of the year. But um, the fact that it's intentionally the shortest month of the year kind of gives to me the the impression that uh, the contributions of, of African-Americans or black folks uh, in this country is less than it really is. And so you know, um, that's one thought. The other thought is that, you know, maybe they did it on the uh, on the tail end of Martin Luther King Day, which is the end of, you know, towards the, the end of January. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Why Why do you think that the that February was the chosen month for our history? You know, I've always been on the fence ab- about it. Um, 
one thing is, is that uh, other parts of, of society don't necessarily, uh, I think later on, they also got months in which you celebrate their history as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, we, we do have a month where our history of scientists, scholars, musicians, poets, authors, architects, explorers, and all of that throughout history get the most recognition for their achievements. But mm -hmm. um, I feel like um, it's interesting because the symbolization of America or Americans isn't, isn't naturally associated with black Americans or African Americans. Right. right. And so uh, there's, I've, I've mentioned this in other podcasts, there's, you know, t-shirts and other um, things that say we built this, this place for free. Right. Mm -hmm. And not, not just through the free labor of slavery, but through all of our contributions that we've right. continued to put into society and uh, just getting one month in a short month to recognize it. I don't know if it was by design or if it was, or if, if we should be happy because we do have a month where we're actually trying to focus in because so part of me is kind of on the fence about it because why do we need a month? Why aren't we just ingrained in history in general? Right. But also being grateful that we are taking the time to carve out whether it's 28 days or 30 days or 31 days, a whole month in which uh, we get an opportunity to celebrate the contributions of African-Americans to society. Well, and I think, and, and the fact is that, you know, if it was the month of March or it was a 31 day month, I'd probably have some of the same complaints. Um, you know, my issue and, and what we've talked about, and you just mentioned before is that um, there is no American history without black history. There's no American history without Af African American history, depending on, you know, who you are and how you call it. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that, you know, it is important. Um, I think that it is a, you know, good to focus on, you know, on some of these contributions, on all the contributions, but obviously can't can't fit them into one month. Every single thing that we touch, do and and are uh, in this country has been impacted or affected in one way or another by black people. You know, we, we're talking about a lot, um, you know, in our last few episodes and other other conversations uh, about where we are right now with COVID, right? And the fact that, you know, I just watched the, the movie the other day and I've read the book uh, about Henrietta Lott, right? Henrietta Lott and the fact that um, her cells have been used in space all over the world, you know, to, to cure um, diseases, to uh, create vaccines, and antibodies, you know, to do so, all so the things that's necessary in order, you know, so that's just one example, but. But why don't you share who Henrietta Locke was? So Henrietta Locke was a, uh, was a sister that, that got sick um, back in, I think the fifties, I think is when she um, actually passed. It may have been before that. Uh, so don't quote me on the timing, but the fact is that they found um, the use of her cells um, to, and they studied the, her cells, um, as they were doing, uh, you know, John Hopkins to be specific, um, school of John, at John Hopkins, uh, medical school used her cells to create, um, vaccines to create, uh, cures and, and other things, um, particularly, you know, uh, attacked cancer, attacked, um, just, just a number of ailments and, but used her cells without her. The, the key point of this is that they used her cells without her family knowing, without her, her children knowing, without any kind of compensation or any kind of, uh, you know, any kind of credit or anything. They just basically used her cells all around the world and in space, as I mentioned a second ago. And it wasn't until uh, someone did did proper amount of research and found out that they were using her cells uh, all these years that they actually got, you know, some, some notoriety and some credit and hopefully uh, some kind of compensation, but that's just one example. You know, you mentioned some of these other folks, you know, that, that invented all these different things. Um, you know, many of them didn't get credit until more recent uh, until, you know, the last 20 years or something like that. And these people were gone for a long time. So 
Um, you know, this whole premise that we built this thing for free is, uh, like you said, it's much more than just the inventions and much more than even the things that we're talking about. I mean, the actual White House, you know, the, uh, you know, many, many, uh, the railroad, many, many parts of the nation. And we don't even have to go that far. We could just talk about the fact that the nation became a financial superpower off of the backs of slaves. Yeah, you know, um, you're you're absolutely right. Henry, Henrietta Lacks was uh, they they experimented on her in 1951. So great memory on uh-huh. your part. Uh, she went into a gynecologist complaining of vaginal bleeding, and she ended up they ended up discovering that she had cervical cancer and that right. there was a tumor, in, that they ended up removing and biopsying it, and the biopsy cells is what they stole and took and started mm-hmm. doing all of the things that you stated. But uh, to your point that you just made, that was 1951, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're only in 2021. And so a lot of the times when, you know, people um, kind of get sensitive about why we have a history month or uh, why do we feel it's important to point out these things or focus on them, uh, one of the things that irks me the most is that when the Holocaust or something yes. that's memorable to another race or ethnicity of people gets brought brought up, it's kind of celebrated and kind of mourned in a very, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, grandiose way. But when it comes to racism or slavery and or why we have history or why we have to uh, have an affirmative action or any of the topics that concern African Americans, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the history of America, right? Which some would argue slavery was in, internment of, of of a group of people, right? And mm-hmm. uh, terrible treatment, beating and raping, and all the other things that happen. Also, you know, in other countries to to other groups of people, for sure, um, that we should just forget about it, or that's not how we behave anymore and we should just move on and not really uh, focus on it and, or, you know, really fight to celebrate it, but it wasn't that long ago. Well, and the issue is, yeah, yeah, no, your point exactly. And the issue is, is that, is that when they look at slavery um, for some reason, they look at it as a point in history, right? Um, Those in the, and these are folks that, that I would say that, and kind of dismiss it or they, you know, they have kind of the you need to get over it um, perspective. And the, and the fact is, is that, uh, you know, slavery and, and what happened during that time period um, permeates all the way till now. You know, so, you know, the 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 breaking up of the family, the or destroying, I should say, of the family structure and that destruction of the family structure. Uh, happened because they sold children and fathers and mothers and cousins and everybody to different places and split up the family on purpose. Um, there were, you know, so the mental, the mental anguish, the mental, you know, the the fear, all of that stuff, you know, is uh, ha- was ingrained into our DNA, unfortunately. And so all of the different things that that happened post slavery which we're still experiencing some of those today. If you looked at the, you know, the, the movements last summer and the movements going on even today, um, you know, we're still experiencing and fighting against um, that kind of treatment and those kind of things. And so when we come back around to why we need Black History Month and why Black History Month is, is so important, it's because we have generations and generations and generations after us who may, may or may not necessarily know what the strength of the people they come from. And, yeah, you know, you know, yeah. So that's important. Yeah, yeah because I, I think when I was doing the research on, uh, I, I specifically wanted to focus on inventors in, in this in this one today. Yeah, I because I, I feel like a lot of people do, and we were talking about this before we started, recognize prominent um, African-American figures in history that have been, uh, celebrated or praised such as a Harriet Tubman or a Malcolm X or a Martin Luther King or a, 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 a Marcus Garvey or, you know, even a Kobe Bryant, let's say. Yeah, right? yeah. There's so many 
historic figures that like had the five or ten names that 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 everybody knows every day. Right. Every, every but, time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people believe a lot of the contributions were um, from the civil rights movement on. But when I was doing the research, like um, there is a Netflix special right now on Madam C.J. Walker, uh, which in 1905 created hair products geared towards black uh, hair. And she was the first known millionaire, right, of African-American descent um, based on the product she created out of the necessity for uh, for. Uh, black hair to be dealt with differently than, you know, the, com- the commercial products or the products that were out there um, mm-hmm. for uh, non-African American hair. So um, that's 1905. So hmm. really a long, long, long time ago. Yep. And then there was uh, another inventor named Garrett Morgan in 1912. He created a breathing device or what is now called the gas mask. And 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 that was uh, really prominent in World War Two and other wars. We've been using them even now. We use gas masks right today. And then in 1922, he also invented the the traffic signal, which all of us use to uh, make sure that we're not causing accidents and all those right. other things. So that's in and 1912. Specifically, and specifically, the three position traffic traffic signal. So mm-hmm. there was a, you know, there was a, a, you know, some some type of traffic signal before that that was like the go stop, right? So yeah, there was no yellow, there was no slowdown, there was no transition color. It was either go or stop. So you could just imagine that if someone is going at a certain speed and automatic automatically the thing says stop, they're sliding into the into the into the um, you know uh, four way stop. They're doing there's all kind of accidents, like you said. So Gary Morgan created the. Uh, or invented the three um, position, which had the which the yellow light um, was, uh, you know, installed and, and put into play. Um, but these things are, you know, these are so important. And I'm glad you brought that up also, because the gas mask, when he came with came up with the gas mask, it was because there were miners that were lost. Well, not lost, but they were trapped underground and the gases mm-hmm. that are underground uh, in the mind were deadly. And so he and a group of, you know, with his invention, took the gas mask down and saved those miners. So we have done, you know, a, a lot of what we have done has been to save lives or to, you know, create lives, you know, but it, it's it's been to uh, improve, you know, the the life and lifestyle of, of the American people. And going back, you know, a lot of it we did for free. We didn't get, you know, the the credit that we should have. Uh, when you talk about Lewis Latimer in particular, uh, you know, we think about Edison and the light bulb, right? Yes. Well, Lewis yep. Latimer made the filament that that so that the light bulb didn't have to warm up. It actually lit up, it you know, almost instantaneously or immediately. And that's what we have today. So there you go. I can go all day. But I think we should. So uh, George Washington Carver, I remember as a young child, I did a, a, a book report on George Washington Carver and his story is interesting as well. He was an uh, agricultural chemist. And in 1896, uh, the there was a dwindling um, economic um, growth in the in the South d- due to the cotton supply. So um he was instructed to basically to do experiments on how they could use other kinds of crops. So that included sweet potatoes and peen and peanuts. And he um, came up with 518 products that were created out of his um, experiments, right? Including dye, soap, cosmetics, flour, vinegar, and synthetic rubber and peanut butter, right? Mm -hmm. So peanut butter, he created peanut butter, which we all, know and love, right? Peanut butter, unless you have a peanut allergy, but um, just an amazing thing to do in 1896, right? By an African American. Um, And it's not that all, um, you know, African Americans, slaves or not slaves or people who, uh, you know, a lot of times there's mythical ideas that uh, African Americans were uneducated or not smart enough to do these things, but it's, it's super interesting. Um, for 
you to think about George Washington Carver and the invention of peanut butter and the 518 products that we still use today. Yeah. And I, and I love, um, you know, I, let's, let's keep it a, you know, a thousand as we always do, but you know, during slavery, it was illegal to read and write, right? It was illegal to know how to do math and mathematics and engineering and a lot of, and, and it's such a contradiction because during that time, um, where we were, you know, basically killed for knowing how to read and write, we were still leaned upon to be engineers, to build houses, to build, you know, to build and to construct and to create tools and all this kind of stuff. But we were not allowed to read and write. Right. So when you think about the patents and the inventions that got, you know, that that patents were actually um, submitted on and actually granted a lot of those were were given to slave masters or given to other individuals um, based off of those things that were created during slavery. And it's very interesting as we you know, as we read through some of this stuff, because I, I, I think about, um, you know, going back to Lewis Latimer again and the fact that I think that I want to say that his his family were were uh, his parents were slaves. Uh-huh. They were escaped. They were escaped slaves. And at 16, Lewis Latimer enlisted in the U.S. Navy to go into the Civil War. Yeah. At 16 years old. So, I mean, we talking about, you know, you think about what 16 year olds are doing today. And we think about what, you know, where we're and these 16 year olds that were making history back in the day, going back to, you know, people like Lewis Latimer. So. Uh, Ganville T. Woods, uh, he had 60 patents, right, during 1856 to 1910. Mm -hmm. And his patents were all uh, in regards to the functioning of railroads at the time, which was the way people mostly got around. Um, He is the inventor of the induction of the telegraph system, allowing trains to communicate with one another as traveling so that they didn't cause crashes and they they could um, communicate with each other. And he had... um, 59 other patents, which was just amazing to your point. Um, obviously in slavery, right? He uh, was doing uh, outstanding things that we still use probably some iteration of it uh, today. And then uh, George Cr- uh, Crump is a very um, interesting guy too. In 1853, um, I guess he was, you know, cooking. He, he had, he had a place where he, a restaurant or wherever he was cooking and a customer complained that the potatoes that they were served were too thick Uh, and he went back and made them very thin mm -hmm. and fried them, which created potato chips. Right. How about that? But he never patented it. And he was never noted really as the creator of potato chips, although he is the creator of potato chips and uh, you know, his descendants, I hope Lay's and uh, all those folks are having to pay them a little bit of money, although I doubt it. Yeah, no, I am. Um, and, you know, and we we might as well just keep going because there are, you know, there's a number of names and I know that we have uh, so much time. And I want to make sure that we spend some time um, today talking about the fact that uh, history is being made today and, mm-hmm. you know, and that and that. You know, we have a whole future generation. I think um, something's very special about the generation that, um, you know, that's, I would say, come after us. This generation of what, what I don't know which one they are. Are they wise? Are they Generation Y? Are they Generation? I don't know what, what they're no, actually I, called. I know we're X, but uh, there's. They're, they're, I, I think are, after Z, y. there was millennials. It's like okay, they changed the into something then, else. Okay, well, whatever this generation is now that, you know, I would say includes, you know, uh, I would say 16 to 25 year olds right now, I think are a pretty special generation. And we've seen them out in the streets making history right now. But before we get to them, uh, let's talk about some other ones that I think are it's important for people to realize our, our listeners and anybody else that's joining us to realize that everything that they do and everything that they touch pretty much today uh, had some some impact or was invented or contributed to um, by someone uh, of African-American descent or black. Um, so, you know, earlier I set my my uh, before I closed up shop tonight, I set my home alarm 
I know you have a home alarm. I Most do. people we know have a home alarm. And and the first one was invented by by Marie Van Britten Brown. She has a lot of names. Marie Van Britten Brown. But in 1966, for the first ever home security system, uh, it's interesting because, you know, I remember back in the day, uh, Public Enemy and Flavor Flav had the that 911 is a joke call. Remember that yeah, song, 911 yeah, is yeah. a joke? Well, for Marie Van Britten Brown, 911 was a joke. And so she, in her own, uh, in her Queens neighborhood, decided her and her husband actually were were kind of a dynamo team. They actually um, created a uh, a home security system, the first home security system, which contained a camera, two-way microphone, peepholes and monitors, uh, and all that was set up in their home. And, and it was kind of the precipice for the the home security systems that we have today with the ring and the, you know, the cameras mm-hmm. and the whole thing. But um, but yeah, it was a sister that 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 and her husband put that together and it was out of necessity because they were finding that um, the response time for the, for law enforcement during that time and in her particular neighborhood took way, way too long. And so um, one other special thing about her version of the home alarm system was that it did have an automatic or direct line to law enforcement. So you didn't have to actually go through you know, the the operator and all this other stuff, it was a direct line to law enforcement. So that's one. What yeah, you, you know, let's talk about some medical contributions as obviously yeah, we're yeah, in yeah. a medical crisis right now. Um, so Charles Richard Drew is considered the father of the blood bank. He pioneered the research used to discover the effective long-term preservation of blood plasma. So uh, he streamlined the, count, uh, the the country's blood banks, establishing methods that were used by the Red Cross. And this saved countless lives in World War II. The fact that they were able to give blood transfusions and take blood from healthy, unwounded people, right? And being able to store it, preserve it, and also give blood transfusions to uh, uh, wounded soldiers that had lost a lot of blood. So just wow. an amazing uh, situation there that I don't think many people know or give him credit for. Uh, you know, you associate the Red Cross with, you know, as as though it acted on its own, but there was a black inventor behind that. That's right. Um, and then the other one is uh, Percy Levon Julian. Percy? Uh, many. You know, there's got to be a Percy. Um, (laughs) Many vital contributions to modern medicine were made as a result of him experimenting with soybeans. Oh, wow. So he synthesized a drug uh, called, I don't even know if I can say this, bisostigamine. Yeah, we'll go with that. P-H-Y-S-O-S-T-I-G-M-I-N-E for all of you guys. (laughs) (laughs) To treat glaucoma. Right. And wow. a lot of people get glaucoma. He discovered mm-hmm. how to mass produce cortisone and the steroid pro- progesterone, mm-hmm. which is used to produce sex hormones. So um, pretty amazing. Um, those two uh, go down in history for really contri- contributing to uh, medical um uh, innovation, but also um, we were talking about with Ebony, right? Our special guest mm-hmm. on the other episode That's about right. one of the folks who came up with uh, what was it the uh, the the vaccination for COVID? One of the inventors yes. that came up with the vaccination for COVID is an African American, right? Yep. Um, so I don't know her name. I can't remember. But if you go back to the episode and listen to it, Ebony is very clear about who it is. That's right. Um, and, and giving props back in, you know, 2020, right, to yes. an inventor that we see now in, in the medical field. But there are others, right? So who's next? Um, so if we're thinking about we're still in American, we I mean, um, in, in the medical area, we could talk about uh, Patricia Bath, who in 1986 was an ophthalmologist and a laser scientist. She invented laser FACO. I don't know if that's how you say it. Uh, a device <laughs> and te- te- technique used to remove cataracts and revive patients' eyesight. Um, her her techniques and her tools are now used internationally. She's pretty amazing. 
So before we move on to to another one, I, I really love this one. I know for most of you guys who have watched Hidden Figures, you know a little bit about Katherine Johnson. She also received uh, a prestigious award from President Obama um, right before he finished his last uh, term. And, um, you know, she worked she worked for NASA. Um, she was the reason why um, using geometry, why we were able to go from um, the from Earth to the moon orbit uh, orbit of Earth and returning back to the United States. She came up with the mathematical um, formula in order to make that happen and was one of the only women of any race that was invited into those meetings. And the fact that she was a black woman was, you know, was actually very much of uh, uh, pride for us. So just wanted to make sure that we, you know, that we give her a shout out. But, um, you know, as far as inventions and everything that we've talked about so far about what we have touched and where we have touched um, all the way from your mailbox, you know, uh, Philip B. Downing created the mailbox that you use to submit your, um, you know, your mail. Um, these mailboxes were uh, a huge deal, obviously through last last year's campaigning and the fact that there, you know, there were <laughs> the, less the, of the, them. Yeah, there were less of them, and there and you know, hacked. and voting through mail was was such a huge uh, piece of it. But the the cat that that developed the mailbox that we use today is Philip B. Downing, uh, who is also black. You know, we talked about Lewis Latimer. We talked about, oh, we got one of your favorites up here because um, I know you love the Super Soaker um, during the summertime. I, I do. The Super Soaker is up there, right? Yeah. And um, go ahead. Speak on it. Lonnie Johnson, man. Lonnie Johnson. This is this, you know, Lonnie Johnson came up in Alabama. Uh, Lonnie Johnson is one of the uh, on the Hall of Fame of Science and Engineering in Alabama. But he came up in a time where um, where he was, as a teenager, not able to uh, or they tried to prevent him from even participating in science fairs. Mm -hmm. He was in a very segregated time and segregated place in Alabama, and they tried to cut him out from uh, from even doing a science fairs. But in high school, he was nicknamed the professor. And all through from from then on, he obviously snuck into that. Um, into that one, uh, into the science fair and actually won. Um, but he really, his, his main thing was jet propulsion. And so he worked for NASA and worked for the U.S. Air Force and worked in very specialized areas. Um, but the fun part of it that we all love, and I'm glad that he finally got paid for it, was the super soaker. He yeah, came up he with the Super Soaker back in 1991. Well, no, I'm sorry. 1990. But it was before that. Yeah. No, actually, I think he came up with the prototype somewhere in 1982. Uh-huh. And um, and he didn't get paid anything until 1991 uh, when he went to court and they awarded him $200 million, uh, something but like now- that, because their sales were through the roof. But now he, Forbes has reported that it is earned $1 billion in st- sales now. So there you go. pretty amazing uh, yeah, for Lonnie yeah. Johnson and his family. Um, one of the ones I want to bring up, this, this is for the ladies, so cover your ears if you need to. But Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner, obviously a lot of names there as well. Get them all in. Mm-hmm. Um, filed five patents uh, and, and is considered one of the most forgotten black inventors despite her contributions. Uh, in 1957, she patented the sanitary belt in which was it was an adjustable and a, and it was adjustable and it had a moisture proof pocket, which oh. is what we, was a sanitary pad. Right. Women were using cloth pads up until 1957 and she created the serving tray also attaching to a walking frame. A toilet, the toilet tissue holder, and backwasher that could be mounted on the wall of the sh- of the shower. So all five of those okay. patents belong to Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner, and she um, doesn't get a lot of credit because if you think of it, ladies, all of us owe her something. Could you imagine? That's for clock? sure. And also just the serving tray and being able to hold things, and she did that out of um, you know caring for. Uh, you know, waiters and other wait staff, mm-hmm. right? 
uh, the toilet tissue holder. I mean, oh, there's not a house in the world without one. Right. And the, and the washer, the back mounted of the wall of the shower, the, the washer that holds your shower, uh, you know, head into the, into the wall. Oh, okay. It, so just an amazing, uh, contribution by her and she obviously doesn't get enough credit for her her contributions yeah and and you can't you can't just nail it to just the fact that there was a she was actually saving lives because a lot of women were getting were getting uh, illnesses and getting toxic um what's it called something toxic you know just because of the because of the the cloth pads right and and it was it was unhealthy so what she was inventing um, help take you guys a little bit closer to what we have now. Right, right, right. Um, let's talk a little bit about Shirley Jackson. And because I'm in telecommunications, obviously I'm going to feel her, go. right? Yep. She was the first African-American woman to earn a doctorate from MIT. Wow. She is responsible for the mon- monumental uh, telecommunications research that led to the invention of the touchtone phone. The okay. portable fax and fiber optic cables and caller ID. Wow. In t- 2014, President Barack Obama named her the co-chair for Intelligence Advisory Committee. So pretty glad impressive. Got, yeah, glad she got some of her flowers now as opposed to later on. Well, fiber optic cables um, are how we transfer fast speed LTE to wireless right. facilities, right? And so without them... Uh, you wouldn't have the download and upload speeds that you experience today while you're streaming all your your videos. So, I mean, pretty pretty impactful. No, it's it's amazing. It's amazing, and the fact that almost all of us have smart TVs now that we don't even really use cable. We just use the what you know the Wi-Fi and the and the mm-hmm. fiber optics that carry those signals uh, is is amazing. Uh, we would not be doing what we're doing. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now on this podcast if exactly. it wasn't for her. So, uh, right on sis. Appreciate you. And then one more from the, just because you talked about computers before we wouldn't be doing this either, right? right. Without Mark Dean, he earned a doctorate at Stanford and he's the co-inventor of IBM's original personal computer and wow. the PC color monitor, literally changing how we interact with the internet and is responsible for the technology for the way in which your mouse printer and keyboard communicate with your computer. So couldn't imagine, know. couldn't imagine I'm, I'm dating myself because I, I remember, um, I remember the first computer that we had was a Texas instrument, something, something, I don't know really what the number was, but it was one little unit with a keyboard that connected to the TV and it was all like the, 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 uh, you had to type in the, you know, all the code and everything in order for it to go to the next step. And so this is a long time ago. I'm sorry to, to, to jump in there. But what I'm saying is that, is that I am appreciating <laughs> Mark Dean. <laughs> I'm appreciating Mark Dean ever more uh, because what we have now is amazing compared to what we had then. So, Appreciate you, Mark, for that. And, and then the last one, because we did have a show called What Do You Mean, right? Is right. Her name is Lisa Gellopter. In 1995, she was involved in the creation of Shockwave, and she helped to develop web animation, which is oh, wow. the, the gifts that we all know and love and kind of the memes that you that mm-hmm. actually move and move their hands. She is one of the inventors behind that technology as well. So. Pretty cool. So we just went on a yeah. So we just went on a span from you know the 1800s to 1995. You know, and so we, when we talk about Black history and we talk about what we've you know what we've contributed, and we're just talking about inventions. We're not even just talking about the social and the cultural and the literary and the art and the. It's going to be another episode for that. The, yeah, yeah, I mean we we, we won't. We will have to do a year worth of episodes, you know, to to detail even a, a fraction of um, the level of contribution, you know. So going back to what we were saying before, you know, why do we have Black History Month? You know, it's because y'all don't know, and I most didn't of know. us don't know. 
right? Yeah. So it's yeah. So it's it's important to at least identify one month out of a whole year every year to uncover and to explore uh, the contributions of, of Black folks. And I think that the the fact that you stated earlier is that we really need to get out of um, you know renaming or re you know, repurposing the same old speeches, the same old people and the yeah. same old things uh, and really explore what we have, you know, what, what we have on the on the much more broad scale. So. So I, I do have a question for you. So okay. do you think that African-Americans contributions other than musicians and athletes and those type of people get overlooked and why? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um I think for a couple of reasons. I think one that um, systemic racism still exists, and as much as uh, those things can be hidden, and the greatness uh, of us can be hidden and and downplayed, and uh, the narrative changed, the more that 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 can happen, the more it will happen. Um, I think that it's up to us to make sure it doesn't get happen. It doesn't happen. Excuse me. But um, to your question, yes, I think that, you know, it's easier to to box us into entertainment and box us into athletics, you know, um, and and not utilize uh, the fact that we have, as we just mentioned, uh, we have impacted every single part of life all the way until, you know, the, the, the brother who um, who created the recipe that Jack Daniels used to make bourbon. And whiskey, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, that he just, um, Uncle Nearest, that just got, you know, they just got their due or just got their, you know, ownership of their own recipe, you know, that was stolen so many years back and so much money was made off of that. So, I mean, we, you know, we, we have, if you start really seeing what's going on and, and what contribution we've made to everything that people do on the day to day. Those that have a hard time dealing with us as human beings and dealing with us as 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 equals, they have to start looking at themselves in the mirror or stop using that shit. Well, or not only that, you, if you stop using it, your life will be much, you'll be going back to the Stone Ages. Well, uh, there's so many. Yeah. Anyway, just all the things we just named. I mean, all of us would be hurting in a major way. But but going back to that and kind of broadening it out, as I always like to do, I, I think what's interesting is that people of color in, in general, um, everyone from the Chinese to uh, Native Americans uh, to and medicine and things that they use to heal to yes. um, you know H Hispanic Americans. Um, you know, Latin, if you want to call it Latin X uh, contributions, I mean, um, you know, all kinds of other races and the contributions they've made to society, I think oftentimes um, get overlooked. And also, I think that um, we're, we're often stereotyped and reduced to those stereotypes in, in the way that people would like to keep you there. Right. Yep. So to focus on the inventors or to focus on the contributions of what has changed society in such a drastic, although music and culture and all and art and all of the things that we contribute to there is beautiful. But, but I do think that there is a reason why the highlights of our, our contributions to society are what they potentially think is acceptable in all cultures, right across the board, what yep. the stereotype we fit, right? If we fit a stereotype, they're going to keep reinforcing that stereotype. But if they started to broaden that to inventors and business people and all of the other areas, I mean, we brought this up a couple of weeks ago, but I watched the Tiger Woods documentary right. and just watching how they dealt with an African-American golfer at country mm -hmm. clubs across the racist country clubs that didn't want to allow him as a member and yep. how they dealt with him. Uh, it, it's just proof that uh, the protection of certain areas of life uh, definitely still exists like in recent times. Right. That's and right. they don't want you to fit into that area where, you know, so that, uh, you know, they're going to keep reinforcing other things. And when you fall in his case, right. Mm -hmm. When you fall or when you, 
you know, um, don't quite live up to the enormous expectations that you're carrying to be the first and right. and how you're dragging everybody in society along with you uh, on, on this journey as African American women, you become human for one minute. That's it's right. like they jump all in your mess, right? And want to just prove that you fell. In his case too, if you watch that documentary, which I highly recommend, uh, when he fell from grace, they made him apologize. Yeah. But yeah. other athletes have fell from grace and he was threatened. All of the contracts were threatened to be taken away. Mm-hmm. I think now we have a lot more of a cancel culture. So it is happening more now. But back when this happened to Tiger, it wasn't normal for athletes to have to come out in that way. And a That's lot right. of people felt that his personal issues with his wife and or his um, his, you know, um, promiscuity. Mm-hmm. had nothing to do with his game. Well, and it was so hypocritical, right? I mean, the, the, you know, I think that the point that you're making about the apology is one thing. Um, but, you know, all those people that were around him, none of them had were, were you know, um, removed from that lifestyle and from that thing. You know, one of the things that they hated so much about Tiger Woods is that he came into the pros as a teenager and he was as good or better cats that have been playing for 50 years and so you know that that was one piece and then the you know and and i liken i liken it to venus and serena right i mean they they went to a a prestigious you know pretty prestigious you know mostly white sport um from two girls from compton right and and one of my favorite interviews um was when i think was was I think Venus and she was maybe 13 or 14 years old. And the interviewer who was a white guy was kind of hammering her about why she was so confident. Right. And the, and the fact that, you know, how can you be so confident? How can you be so sure? Cause she was like, I'm a win. I'm a do, I'm a, I'm a beater. I'm a do, you know, this, that, and the other. And he was like, so how can you, you know, feel like this and how, you know, like almost like the audacity of this yeah. little, you know, 14-year-old girl who's entering professional tennis to to think that she's going to be great or to think that and the moment that that he started peppering her with those questions, her dad st- stepped in. And he was like, "Hold on. Why you keep asking her that? She already told you why she's confident." Well, she yeah. already told you that she's about it. She already told you that she's the greatest. She already told you why you keep asking her that. And he, you know, and he and he stood up for her and stood, you know, stood strong and had her back. And and I think that that was one of the most beautiful moments of being a dad and being a dad of a, you know, of a of a professional athlete who was was really a kid that, you know, is entering into this world that, you know, these folks, like you said, with Tiger Woods, they don't want you there. Yeah, they didn't want you you to be there. If you watch Muhammad Ali's interviews as well, a similar uh-huh. scenario would happen with him where uh, people were taken aback by the fact that he always said he was the greatest and that he was going to win before he ever got in the ring um, against Sonny Liston and other uh, athletes. And he kind of, mm-hmm. you know, got a little bit poetic about the way he would um kind of speak on what he was oh, going to yeah. do with the confidence oh, yeah. and then also with schooling people on what it was like to be black. But, but one of the things that I think is really important um, that people who listen to this podcast that are not um, black or not of color mm-hmm. uh, have to think about is that if you walk into a room and you already know that people have preconceptions about you and your abilities, then the only thing you have to counterbalance that is your confidence of knowing That's that you're right. greater, better, And I think a lot of parents, I know in my case, I always really emphasize with my son confidence, right? I really wanted him to know that he was smart and that he was capable, he was intelligent and all of those things, because I knew that once he got into the world, he was going to get messages outside of there. So, I mean, keep on going in any race that you are to tell your kids, but they should never be questioned as to why they have that kind of confidence. I mean, if you don't have it, then if you don't give it to them, then who else is going to, you know, there's that's enough right. messaging that's negative. So. That's right. And, and, you know, uh, I hear this all the time 
um, that, you know, the world and, and primarily America um, really should be happy that we uh, as people of color in general, and I'll speak in general, only really are pushing for equity, right? We're really pushing for equality and, and fair treatment and a fair share and a fair shot and not pushing for what we really deserve, right? And so it's really, um, you know, it, it, I would, for those, you know, you speak to and for all those that we we talk about um, that are not, you know, of color, um, you know, recognize those facts because I think that that's really important. I think that that helps you to understand um, a lot has gone on over the last, you know, the last year. And I think there's, you know, we talked in some of our other podcasts about, you know, this awakening that's happened um, over the last couple of years. And, and, you know, and, you know, I have family, we all have family that are, you know, from different backgrounds and different races and different ethnicities. And, you know, it's been for those who are the real ones, I've had a, many of them come to me and ask me, you know, what should I read? What should I watch? What should I know? You know, where do I start? You know, and and I appreciate that. And I think that, you know, I think that that's one of the benefits of Black History Month. If we're talking about benefits of Black History Month, I think that that's one of the benefits. One of the benefits is that here, here's a month for you to kind of dive in and 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 try to start to understand, start your journey, um, you know, into black history and, and, but realizing that you're only getting a glimpse, you're getting a blink of an eye, you know, well, in the 28 days and that it, this is a start and not, you know, all you should be doing. But I do think that African-Americans have a duty that we are often not completely taking full advantage of. And that is how, what should we be doing more of in the entire year, right? Outside of Black History Month mm. to give a, a, a heightened awareness of contributions and or um, just the state of, of, of being Black in America, right? Like what, what are we doing now that this awakening has opened, right? What are we going to do to make this a year-long thing part of the regular narrative, what is taught in school, not in a week where you go over slavery and you go over uh, the the civil rights movement in the textbooks and that's it. I mean, why aren't we writing the textbooks, right? Why are we, and because we could easily incorporate American history and black history in a textbook that is a black authored textbook by a black author, you know, or a native American author and, or that, but what are we doing? And and I I think our listeners should be thinking about that. What are you doing to prolong the kind of, openness that we're seeing now and uh, contribute to how people are really thinking about uh, people of color, right. While they're open to it. Cause I don't well, know I if think, it's going to stay open. No. And, and, and yeah, well, and I think that, I think that we have some responsibility for that. I think that our responsibility is to, is to, you know, amongst ourselves continue to be great, continue to, uh, invent, continue to create culture, continue to do all of these things that um, that make us who we are. I think that, um, you know, I, I, I counter a little bit what you're saying to the point that I think that we do it. I think that, you know, I mean, we all have obviously sections of our of our population and sections of our people who are not doing the most positive and most productive things and don't make us look the best. Um, but I think that many, many, many of us are. And I think that it's really up to those who need to learn to learn. I think that I think, you know, I, one of the things that during this whole kind of awakening that I think that I've heard from a lot of, um, you know, kind of educated and, 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 you know, voices out there, um, is that it's not really your responsibility or my responsibility to teach. There's enough information out there for people to go and dive in, just like we would have, like we would have, uh, you know, like we have ourselves, you know, I mean, we, you know, the information that we talked about today, you know, the different inventors and all that, we had to go look that up, right? We had to go and do some research. Folks that are, that that are, you know, outside of our uh, immediate, um, ethnicity or, are, you know, where are black or brown, they can do the exact same thing, you know, I, and I, I think I, that there's, it's important that they do. I, I disagree with the fact, I do think that that part is important, 
But I do think having conversations, at least in corporate America, what I do realize is that the awareness that their privilege is just what it is, and there's not even a second thought of why they should be more awake is something that I don't think a book is going to teach them necessarily if they don't grab the right one, right? Right. If you're not extra woke, you're not going to grab, you know, certain books right on the bookshelf, even if you're trying to to learn and be open. The thing is, is that I don't need, not everybody's going to grab the book that says anti-racist and learn what an anti-racist versus a, a racist is, right? But I do think what I what I was trying to say is that as African Americans or Lat- Latino Americans or whatever, when there is an opportunity or it comes up or there's you know Cinco de Mayo or there's you know Juneteenth or you know there instead of what we're used to doing, which is staying quiet, right, or just taking the day off like everybody else. Like there would be no problem having a discussion with somebody that you might not have before, because I think to a point that we made in another episode is that we were taught culturally to leave our race out of it mm-hmm. in a lot of senses. And so that's what we do at, to make white people feel comfortable. Okay. Comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I'm mm-hmm. saying is if they're awake, then let's stop trying to make them feel comfortable with the fact that they, they are not, you know, learning or they're not seeking the information. They're wanting us to answer those questions and give an opportunity to say, Hey, look, dude, we weren't just athletes. We're not just musicians. Right. We're, right. we're you know, they, we contribute, you know, contributed to this. The history books got it wrong. Slavery wasn't a blink of the eye. I'm not going to excuse the fact that your grand, you know, you, you like the Confederate flag and your great grandparents, you know, you know, fought in the, in the army, mm-hmm. you know, in the competitive mm-hmm. army, that's offensive mm-hmm. to me, you know, and those kind of things, I'm not saying we be all radical, right. At work or whatever, mm-hmm. but when those conversations come up in some cases, a lot of us have just not wanted to deal with the ignorance of it. So you right. just are like, man, I don't even have time for this. Right. Yeah. But you're right. You're right. I'm saying be more, if they're open and they're asking and it's starting to become something that is, you know, at work is, you're told to, and it's right now at my job, at least it's, it's being like invited. Right. Don't shy right. away from the invitation. Right. Give, right. give them the history all year long and not just in the 28 days we get in February. You're absolutely right. And, and, you know, and I, and I, and I definitely don't mean that, that, um, you know, if someone asked me, I'm gonna be like, "You need to go read a book." <laughs> I, I mean, more like, I mean, more, uh, I I think like, I'm, I mean yeah, 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 yeah. It's all you. That's all you. No, I, I think that you know, as much as and you know me, I'm gonna try. I'll probably talk somebody's ear off, so they don't. They got to be careful when they come to me if they, if they want to open that door. But I, I think that, um, but I do think that there is some, um, some sense of, of that they need to search and seek and, and, and study themselves. I do feel though that uh, I am aware and, and, um, and actually happy to see the, uh, the desire for more cultural competency. And I think that, uh, I think that it's out of necessity. I think that it's out of survival. Um, And I think that it's, you know, it's kind of the flavor of the time right now. And I'm with you. I hope that it continues but I think that, you know, it, it's reactionary to a certain degree. And so I, I, I question its um, sincerity sometimes. But the fact that it's happening is important. Um, I had a really interesting conversation um, a week or so ago talking about vaccines, right? And the fact that, um, that there was actually a doctor that reached out, um, a white doctor that was, you know, asking, hey, you know, Tell me what I need to know. Why are we struggling to have African-Americans take the vaccine? And we had a show. I wanted to be like, listen to Kojic Code episode vaccine <laughs> about the yes. vaccines. Right. And, and I did actually end up telling him. But um, but the, the, the fact is, is that, you know, they are more reaching out now than ever to figure out. And it's because it's life or death. Right. I mean, you know, in order for us to get to to this this uh, herd immunity and get, you know, 70, 80, 85, whatever it is, percent of folks vaccinated, you got to get us vaccinated but, too. But, so, but listen, but listen, Akil, this is the problem. There what's the is problem, the problem is, is that 
first of all, the preventative health care that President Obama and other people were trying to yes. tell you about years ago that yes. people of color actually needed access to. And the fact that we're one of the most developed countries in the world, yet we are one of the last countries in the world to one the provide cities. that type of... Yes. And plus one of the sickest and we have an abundance of food and we won't even go. There's we're going to have another episode on health and we'll we'll go into that. But the thing that I I think is if this disease was only killing African-Americans and Hispanics only and the impact to white people was nil. Come Come on. Would they care if we got the vaccine or not? That's why I was saying what I was saying about questioning sincerity of some of these questions from some people, you know, because I feel like just like the opium thing, right? The opium crisis and and the fact that, you know, it became this this national emergency and it's and it's and it, uh, you know, all these centers popped up to to help folks and people are going to rehab instead of jail and all these diversion programs and all this other stuff started popping up. Well, guess what? Opium been around in, for a long, long time. And when we were being ravished by by heroin crack. back in the day, when we were being ravished by crack, mm-hmm. none of this was, you know, it wasn't a, a, a national crisis. What they did instead was we it's create still not the war on drugs, us. which ended up the war on us. You know, oh, and so they, they needed la- labor in prison. So, I mean, why wouldn't you do that? But well, but well, no, that to me, I think. When you get down, now that's to black it, history. <laughs> when you get down to it, and you really think about why people of color distrust the healthcare system, and we talk about some of the the, the folks that we did talk about today, uh, and in the past episodes, it you you've got to really think about, and you've got to teach our history in school and throughout. Uh, your life, instead of making American history only about European history, you would be able to answer that question already, right? But because you give us one blurb in the textbook, I remember in our school, it was like one week, we addressed slavery and civil rights movement. It was like a chapter of black history in the, in the, in the textbook, which was real small and you went in and out of it. And then that was it. I didn't see not. And we heard Martin Luther King's, I have a dream speech a thousand million times. Over and over and over. And that's all it was. Right. And you didn't know the Black Panther was radical. It was a radical, you know, uprising of, you know, so you heard all of this narrative that they wanted you to hear. But now we're in a state of an emergency with a pandemic that's, you know, affecting essential workers and other folks such as the African-American and Hispanic American communities. And and you want us to get vaccinated because we're the super spreaders probably in a lot of cases because we're the ones that are serving this country, right? And the one, yeah, yeah. And then we're the ones that's being uh, disproportionately uh, uh, affected by it. We're getting, we're dying at a much higher rate. We are, you know, so it further shows and, and you know, is a slap in the face to, uh, to authorities and to those who are responsible for health in this nation, again, showing how how we've been impacted by the systemic uh, racist system that we've we've lived in uh, for these time. But what's what's really interesting, even outside of the medical areas, is that we're starting to see a lot of things. Um, you know, did you get a chance to see that um, Judas and the Black Messiah movie yet? With Not Oscar yet. Hampton? I just. Uh, I just gave in and subscribed to HBO Apple Max. TV and, and no, I have HBO Max and, oh, and okay. Showtime this weekend. Where you guys, Lord, I'm, we're gonna have to have a uh, we're gonna have to have an episode on I need help on like yes. it feels addicted to news channels <laughs> and I have been swept up in this binge watching scenario. Of, like I have HBO Max and Stars and. Hulu and oh, yeah. Prime Video much, and Showtime yeah. and yeah and, and, and it's just getting and Netflix and so that's like six different places that I can watch things but just the consumption of 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 this content no but I haven't gotten to that but it's on the list of many well, many you're things. very yeah and you're but you're you're very very um you know I know you and I and I know um you're very very um 
clear on Cointel Pro and and what's happened, what happened to the Black Panthers and and all of that. And um and so this this movie wouldn't be a surprise. It's a good movie. I would definitely say watch it. Um, but you know, it further shows um the FBI's role in murdering our heroes, right? And murdering and and illegally, you know, using force and and deadly force um against people because and against our people, I should say, simply because we're organizing the masses and that the and it change and we're changing the narrative and we're changing which which in turn is going to elect the right people, which is in turn going to change policy, which in turn is going to diminish or eliminate black. I mean, I'm sorry, white supremacy and the well, system that we've been right under. Now. Yep. And it's so happening this right is, now again. You know, this is another another piece of the puzzle, y'all. Um, you know, there, there's, there's so many, there's so many, so many. And so, um, I know that we're coming to an end of this episode. I don't know how you he have, doesn't want like, me, he doesn't want me to get that resolutionary. I was getting a little bit. Uh, too, is, coming? Too is it coming? Well, shit, we no, can do five more no. minutes. No, you're no, good? no. We, we're going to save it for, for <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, thank you guys for joining us again. You know, we can't fit black history month into one episode, but we did our best. Have a great, great day, and we look forward to uh, seeing you again. Peace. What you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do?